Ah, I'm turning 50 on Friday. Yeah, I don't know if I'm handling it well. <laughs> Welcome to Tea with Kehoe. I live in one room with a good view of the wall. I make cups of tea and wander in the hall. I sit on my bed and cut my fingernails. I try on a shirt and I build as a jungle set. Here we go Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whenever you happen to be listening. Welcome to Tea with Kehoe. I'm Kehoe. I've got my tea next to me. Enjoying the, it's the morning. I guess uh, I should explain. Yesterday, Tuesday, I normally record the show on a Tuesday and put it out on a Tuesday, but uh, today's different. I was busy most of the day and thinking about the show and wondering, what am I going to talk about you now? And the only thing that's on my mind right now is, you know, my birthday. But not in a, like, super positive way. You know, I'm turning 50. All right. I guess it's a big deal. I don't think it is. But I've been told it is. I mean, I don't, I look at myself and I don't feel like I look like I'm 50. But how does 50 look? I don't feel 50, but how does 50 feel? Do I act 50? I don't know what's 50 act like. I mean, 50 is an age is different for everybody. Your 30 is different than my 30. Your 12 was different than my 12. Your 50 is different than my 50. And so it's all very relative in that respect. And most times in my life, I'd say all but two birthdays I have looked forward to. You know, not like giddiness. I have some friends who celebrate their birthday for a full month. That was fantastic. That was wonderful. I'm not that enthusiastic about it. I know some people just don't even mention it. I mean, you can't find their birthday anywhere. They don't list it in their Facebook like some people do. They don't list it in life in general. And you don't know when their birthday is. They prefer that. That's great. I don't hide it. I don't, you know, glorify it. I, it's just what it is. It is what it is. And 30 was a tough one for me for some reason. 30 was a weird birthday. I don't know why. The thought I've had is, was that my midlife crisis? Does that mean I die at 60? That's not a pleasant thought when you turn 50 and 60 is just 10 years away. No, 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 no. That's not right. I don't know why 30 was weird for me, but it was. But 50 is becoming weird for me, too. And you get to that age, you get to those ages, those monumental 
benchmarks in life, those milestones. And whether right or wrong, you take a look back and see where you've come from and see what's gotten you to where you are now. And personally, I have a lot of wonderful, fantastic things. Um, My children, my two daughters, two beautiful, wonderful people that I am proud to know and even happier that I had a chance to raise and influence and be a part of their lives. No matter how hard their mother tried to stop that. But I have these two beautiful kids that I love immensely. And a beautiful wife. Now I know it's not official. We were planning on getting married this May 31st. And things had to be changed. Rightfully so. So instead of in lieu of, you know, some piece of paper and some ceremony, we feel in our hearts that we're married. It was going to happen. It, it, in our hearts, it's, you know, we didn't cancel it because we wanted it canceled. It was canceled for us. So we're considering it a done deal since the 31st is, you know, unavailable for the celebration we were hoping to have. We decided that, yep, we're married, we're done. It's in our hearts, it's in our minds, it's in our beings. She's my wife, I'm her husband. So that's how that goes. So I have a beautiful wife, two beautiful children, a tremendous family, incredible friends. And I feel blessed in many ways. You know, I, for the first time, I have a job that I'm proud of and a job that I am, you know, feel good about. I mean, when I was a custodian and I ran boilers and air conditioning, you know, systems and uh, worked in the schools, I was proud of that job. I, I didn't feel it was, you know, a horrible job. It was a good job that I needed at the time. But as time went on, I realized I didn't need it as much as I thought. And I made some changes and spent the better part of 10 or 11 years just sort of drifting through, you know, some mediocre jobs that uh, were below my abilities. Working at an old warehouse, fixing broken parts being a groundskeeper and picking up trash and garbage and doing like, you know, simple jobs around um, the properties that my bosses owned. Uh, They own plazas and stuff like that, but very low uh, or not very uh, Important jobs. Important in, in the sense of you're keeping things clean and tidy and, you know, not letting, letting the world become a trash heap. But anyone could have done it. And as soon as 
I left, they found another person to do what I was doing. And it's, it wasn't like rocket science. Uh, but I just floated through those jobs for a while until I landed myself with the Department of Commerce, Bureau of Census. This is a place for a career. And I'm kicking myself. I could have done this 20 years ago when I worked with the census in 2000. I didn't know there was a way I could parlay that part-time job into a full-time job. Uh, Seeing how it would have transitioned, it would have been a really tough switch to just leave that job and start a full-time job with the census because it's a different beast as far as scheduling and this and that. And might not have done well in the beginning when I made that change and maybe that's the reasons why I didn't do it back then but there was always 2010 there was that census that I thought about it it's like I remember that job and I should have pursued it again then and maybe I'd be a 10-year veteran of the census right now but I am where I am right now and for that I am happy so there's a lot of good positiveness in my life in that respect. But then there's some bits of my, you know, myself where I'm not too happy with where I am and feel like what I'm doing sometimes doesn't really get noticed. And, I mean, it's been on this level, it's been a, a, a good chunk of time. I think it started with uh, the whole, I'm going to say the 420, the musical last year, 2019, when the people in New York decided to make the changes that I disapproved of and that whole thing. I'm not going to go back into it. It is what it is. It is over. It is done. Time has moved on. And I am trying to. But the feeling that put into my being, there was a lot of hate and there was a lot of um, anger for a a good chunk of time. I'm going to say December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, it was those five months. I, I really... I hated and I was angry at so many things but very directionalized Uh, but because of that I lost scope and track of a lot of things and I never felt comfortable again I don't know if I still do Um, and some of those these feelings that make me feel better you know Because it's not published and because someone could do that. And uh, that just, you know, I haven't finished that. That's something that's unaccomplished. uh, Something completed. I feel like that's hanging over me. I have written a handful of little plays, ten minutes, half hours, uh, working on a longer one. Um... Shown a couple 
to some people. Got no real, you know, uh, feedback or response to it. Uh, one was possibly going to be performed last Halloween, but circumstances prevented that from happening. Uh, things out of my hand. So that didn't get a chance to come to life. And then I, you know, submitted another one re- recently for something and it didn't get accepted. And that is completely, you know, that I get. That I, you know, I'm no Tennessee Williams, so I don't, I have no, like, yes, this is a great piece of work. You should have produced it. No, I'm I'm just a struggling writer like everybody else. I do my best. If it's good, cool. If it's not, I, I you know, cool. It's just the way it is. So, I'm 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 holding back on a lot of these. You know, uh, both of those were written as a you know. Hey, we're looking for a Halloween piece. Do something there. Hey, here are some prompts and some storyline things. Write a story from this. Go. So I took those challenges and I did something with it. They you know and. I'm I'm happy with them, you know. They're probably not my best work, but they're definitely not my worst. So it is what it is, you know. But I feel like I'm I'm not I'm holding back on that for fear. I think. So, maybe this year I try and put them out. I don't know. Um, did a play last year, Catch Twenty Two. Played three characters. Uh, I'm very proud of that play. I think I performed well in a personal note. I was happy with my performances. Could they have been better on an individual night basis? Sure. Did, you know, things happen that, you know, I could have prevented or this or that? I don't know. You know, I did my best. I performed to the best of my ability, I felt. And I think every night there. Uh, all in all, I'm happy with that. But when you look at the reviews of the play, the three reviews that the play got, I, you would never even know I was in it. I, I you know, didn't even get a mention, even a little nod, which... You know, as much as we all, you know, hate to admit these things, but that was a kick in the ego. I mean, I have my vision of who I am, my ideas of my self-worth and my, you know, perception of me. And I got, that was a, a kick in the gut. I mean, spent the rehearsal period, the performance you know, trying and really giving it my all and to not get any acknowledgement at all sort of hurt. I'm not going to lie. And then that followed quickly, was followed up by a write-up in, I I don't remember, it might have been UB, um, for Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've been doing that for 12 years at the Riv. And I think uh, the very first or second year we did it, someone did a little write-up at UB uh, for Rocky Horror. And 
I don't remember that at all, but uh, they took pictures. They, you know, did the whole thing. And it was nice, uh, but that was like 10 years ago. Uh, someone came in re you know, you know, recently. They had a desire to write about the night, the event at the Riviera, the, the, the drag show, the burlesque show, the... Uh, Shadow cast during the uh, the performance, uh, the costume contest, the whole nine yards. Do about the event. Great. You know, they do not speak to the shadow cast at all, to my knowledge. I was never spoken to for it. And the only blip we got in the whole article was a three-line, three-sentence paragraph, which was like, and during the movie... Uh, a shadow cat, a uh, group of people performed the movie in front of the film. Basically that. Uh, not mentioning who we are as a group or individuals. Not, met, you know, that, that was it. Also, when you do something for so long and you feel like, you know, you're on your game and you're doing it right and you're you know, the cast that has grown uh, for this is f is phenomenal. The people that are involved with this, who have joined me in performing this show, are incredible and fantastic. And to not acknowledge us at all, except for oh yeah, these people do that. That was also a kick in the ego. So I had two back-to-back, -back, you know, ego uh, dents, which, you know, you, you get throughout your life. And, you know, back-to-back -back was sort of, uh. And then uh, went to Toronto for a film festival that, a film that I made in July and August of last year was being performed or being shown and to sit in the audience and hear the laughter for the film and to take it all in and to feel kind of like a little movie star that night I didn't want to leave the lobby folks kept you know saying hey cool congratulations thank you so that helped fuel up the the ego and helped you know it's like oh, okay yeah cool People liked it. Nice. I mean, it didn't win the film festival uh, in our category. So be it. I mean, that's out of my hands. It's it's what they're judging it on is more than the acting. It's it's the film. This is a film festival. So they're focusing on the aspects of the film, the lighting, the cinematography, the um, sound, the the things that make a film a film. I get that. It was a shame. I thought it was a good film. I'm very proud of it. Uh, everyone involved should be proud of it. I'm, you know, it's. I think it's a great little film. And uh, got submitted to another film festival, and the judges, you know, uh, gave us a little feedback, a little write up about what they thought of the film, and they really enjoyed it. They gave a lot of nice little notes about what they liked about it. Uh, none of it had to do with me, and that is, like I said before, 
this is a film thing. They're they're focusing on the making and uh, you, know, you know the making of film and the production and that. Totally understand that. It's uh, this one. This is not about me. In this, uh, personally, I mean, I'm a part of it, and being a part 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 of it, I feel. But I'm not looking at it as a they snubbed me or they snubbed my you know my group. It was just you know this is just the way it goes in these film uh, festivals, I guess. But they gave us a lot of nice notes and re- and and comments, but then didn't accept it into the film festival. So I I don't, you know, it feels weird. It's like, hey, you really liked it, but just not enough. So I don't feel like that's a snub uh, to me or the film. I just feel like uh, it would have been nice to get that chance, you know. So that that that's not really like a personal, like, I feel like I, you know, you know, it didn't bruise my ego as much as the other two, I guess. Uh, because the play was two months of hard work, unacknowledged, and Rocky Horror is 12 years of doing uh, something I love, and to get no recognition is, you know, that kick. So we had a phone call, we. Why do I use that? It's the royal we, yes. I had a phone call come in, and I had to take it. Now, I normally will turn off all things that might interrupt, I forgot. So when the phone call came in, I had to take it. So I decided to just go back into the recording and stop it at a point where a thought was completed. I had continued talking after that, uh, you would assume. And uh, I'm actually not sure where that whole thought went. So rather than try and pick up that and figure it out. I'm just going to start anew. So I talked about the play, Rocky, the film, and how those things made me feel in conjunction with everything I had been feeling. And now throw in the birthday and uh, the whole thing. And just this one is really hitting me hard. I mean, uh, even in some place where I feel absolutely, you know, confident in myself at comedy sports. I, you know, I've worked over 16 years in this group trying to become a good improviser. And I think I am. But there are times when I just, I just don't know. And I just feel like sometimes I'm not really a part of the group sometimes. I just, and that's all me. It's all me. I understand that. Um, and it's been throughout this, this time of self-doubt and uncertainty and all that sort of feeling. Those things are there. And as much as I try and shake it, you know, I want to contribute more and I want to be a part of more. But it seems like at times I'm not given the opportunity or I or people don't believe that I can do it 
or the trust isn't there and improv is trust you got to trust who you're working with and at times I don't feel like outside of the scene or the stage that I'm I'm trusted and I'm like I said I know this is me this is how I'm feeling and I'm trying to shake these negative feelings but it just I just linger where I shouldn't and I know that's wrong but I think you know everyone does these things and we struggle with who and what we are and at age 50 now I'm looking back and I am happy personally but unhappy professionally and how do I weigh that how do I I'm I'm, you know the happy is better the happy is where I should be living but this unhappy is where I keep finding myself right now and it is I guess a part of life some people can just cruise through it and they're all good some people don't I think I'm one of those don'ts um I know the over-examined life is ridiculous, but the under-examined life is just as ridiculous. So I don't know. Where do you stop examining? Or when do you start? I don't know. Where are those cutoffs? Much like, how does 50 feel? How does 50 look? How does 50 act? It's all very relative. And that's the part I'm trying to wrestle with. So this might not have been the most fun and inspiring and witty podcast. But it is what it is. And believe me, I'm doing this Wednesday morning because the show I recorded late Tuesday night was pretty bad and I couldn't publish that one I couldn't put it out there no I know I'm feeling all this self-doubt and all this stuff during this whole pandemic when when people are dying and getting sick and we're in self isolation and quarantine and we're doing all these things and maybe because of all of that I'm over focusing on this to compensate, you know, not focusing on that because all the anger involved in how it's been handled, well, I won't even get into, uh, and what has gone wrong. So I, I think I've overcompensated and I've overthought and overworried or over concerned myself with my birthday and turning 50 so I know this is self-pity probably and you know 
not loathing. I don't hate myself. I'm just not happy with a few of the decisions I've made in the past. But much like 50 is a time to look back and see where I've been, see the choices I've made, the paths I've chosen. Um, would I have changed things? I, you know, looking back, there are points in my life I would have said I would have done that, I wouldn't have done that, I would have done that. Would I be where I am now, where I am happy, personally? I don't know. Would I be in a worse place? Would I be in a better place? That's irrelevant. I'm here now. And I know I'm happy as a person, personally. I just wish I had done more professionally, I guess, is the term, the way I'm looking at it. Um, the coin. One side is beautiful and pretty. The other side is tarnished and dull. And I just can't help thinking about the tarnished and dull side. So, I'm spinning my wheels. I'm going to end it here. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate your um, joining me. Like I always say, it's not about the tea, it's about the time spent. So thank you for spending your time with me. Now go out and be kind to one another. Be good. And kindness means wearing a mask. Kindness means keeping your distance. Kindness means staying home when you don't need to go out. Kindness means thinking about other people instead of yourself. And believe me, I am trying to not think of myself so much right now, but this birthday is coming up. And like I said, I, it just, it's in the head. I can't get it out. And yeah, I remembered what I was going to say. This is the time to think and look back on what and where I've been. But it is also the time to look forward to where I'm going. And there are many paths and opportunities available to me. And all I have to do is turn around and move forward. So this week has been about looking back. And since Friday is my birthday, I think these next two days are going to be kind of bummers for me. But I'm hoping and I'm feeling like maybe Friday when it hits and I'm there, I can turn my attention from the past and bring my attention to the future. So that's where I'm sitting. So go and be kind, go and be good. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of Tea with Kehoe. And um, drop me a message. Send me a note. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what's on your mind. Um, anything I could do to improve or disprove or improve or unprove. I don't know. How do you get worse? If you think I'm, I'm getting better, great. If you think I'm getting worse, let me know. Curious. Some feedback. And don't fear, you know, ego is one thing, you know, 
just acknowledging that I do it and saying something about it would be cool too. Uh, so you guys have a great week. I'll have a week and I'll see you next one. Thank you so much.